Is God standing by for somebody in here? Glory be to God, he'll never leave us, nor forsake us. Is that somebody's testimony this morning? That he's a present help in a time of trouble. The Lord is our refuge and our strength. Oh, glory be to God. May we bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we come to you right now, God, I pray, Lord, let it be all of you and none of me. Speak right now, for your servants are listening. Father, I truly must decrease so you can increase to preach your word with power and authority. Father, have your way in this place is our prayer. Amen. You can turn with me to 2 Corinthians, 4th chapter, as I would like to deal with the subject matter, if you will. This is why we can make it. You can help announce that to your neighbor. Tell them, this is why we can make it. Don't you need to hear a message like that in times right now? Troubles on every side. Children dying. Economy is failing. Storms are raging. But yet, through it all, we can say, this is why I can make it. As we look in 2 Corinthians 4th chapter, I will be reading verses 7 through 10. Man, and those are welcome. Those who want to stand, the reading of God's word, you're more than welcome to stand. I'm reading from New American Standard translation. Paul has writes this letter to Corinth, saying in these verses, "But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves." We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. Praise God for his word. You may be seated. This is why we can make it. I want to first draw to our attention the word treasure here. When you think of treasures, what comes to your mind? For me, I think about the Pirates of the Caribbean. And it movies all about them finding some treasure in a chest. The treasure oftentimes was not the traditional treasure. It was something very different and strange than anybody ever seen before, but yet it was a treasure. Most pirate movies, there's always a treasure. A pirate has a trunk full of gold that he buries somewhere. And treasure oftentimes have all those what's special, right? Gold and jewelry, rubies and pearls. But if we think about these individual treasures, first, a diamond is something that took time to be formed. A diamond did not just show up. A diamond oftentimes is, is believed to be as old as the earth. Tell somebody, that's old, y'all. 
They, 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 they say that the diamond might be about a billion years, and some diamonds come, and says, when a meteor crashes, and it crashes on the earth, that's how they can tell when a meteor crashes, because they see how this diamond has formed. What I'm trying to point out, that a diamond takes time to develop, and a diamond is only formed after it's been under pressure. I'll get back to that in a moment. A gold, gold treasure, a gold, the gold that we enjoy and the gold that we like first has to go through some kind of a chemical reaction under heat in order for it to come out to what it should be. It by itself is not attractive. By itself it just looks like a rock. But once it's gone through the fire, once it's gone through some chemical and, and, and things they inject into it to bring out the goodness of it, then we have what we want. I'll get to that in a moment. A pearl only comes from irritation. It, it, it does not come because it's something enjoyable, but a pearl comes because the oyster says, you ain't going to get the best of me. I'm going to fight against you and form a substance that becomes beautiful. We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> we have a treasure in us. Tell your neighbor, I have a treasure in me. And, and it says this treasure is placed, is placed in earthen vessels or jars of clay. It's basically pointing out that the vessels that we have are weak and fragile. Most often we put a treasure, what, in a fireproof safe? We bury, we hide it, we try to protect it so that no harm can come upon it. But this is the opposite. This treasure is in plain sight. That went over somebody, let me slow down. This treasure is in plain sight. How do we know it's plain sight? He says it's in us so that you can see it. Y'all with me? Y'all see what Paul said, that this is in us so that the life of Christ can be made known unto the world? What is this treasure? Well, this treasure, he points out, says that we are carrying, we are carrying, we are carrying, means it's on going process. He did not say we had carried and it's over and done with. No, we are continuously carrying the dying or the death of Jesus Christ. What, what, what does that mean? Well, it points out one, for to live is Christ and to die is gain. We know that. Those are Paul's words. We wrote the letter in prison to Philippi. He understands this. Jesus told us what? In order for us to be his disciples, we first must die. And, and he says, whoever loses his life for my sake gains it. But, ever, but, but if you want to hold on to it for the world, you will lose it. And so in carrying this death of Jesus means I am one dead to the world. Tell your neighbor, I'm dead to the world. Some of y'all now said that, say, I don't want to say that because I really got to die. But sometimes if you don't say, you're never going to do it. But once you say, you put it in perspective, say, you know what? I need to carry around the death of Jesus daily because that's my treasure. The treasure, the treasure, the treasure that we have in us is, is nothing unless it's got what God has deposited in us. Uh, do, you, do you not see, he says, the power we have in us, the surpassing or the exceeding, the great power of God that is in us? Y'all see that there? And that power that's in us is the dying of Jesus Christ. 
So this treasure we have is the death of Jesus. But we do know that Jesus, Jesus died in order that we might have life. And so when we're carrying the death of Jesus within us, we are also carrying the power. Can somebody say power? power. Of the resurrection. Which means what? That if you do die, you will be born again. What we need to grab here is that he is implying here, Paul is saying, the stuff that I have gone through, Corinth, has been for your benefit. Come on, somebody. A little background here. This letter, we know it as the second Corinthians, but it is believed by historians and, and other studies and theologians, all of them saying that this might be his fourth letter. If you read the one of the letters he says, I wrote to you previously, and that letter has been lost. And the other first Corinthians talks about, I wrote to you, and that letter seems to be lost. So we just have these two letters out of the four. And in this letter, Paul is pointing out to them that I, I desire to come to you and speak the goodness of the Lord, but also I desire for you all to live a life of repentance. You see, we, 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 we oftentimes talk about having repentance, but Paul talks about how I desire for you to have sorrow that leads to repentance. Sometimes we don't have sorrow that leads to repentance. We have sorrow that we were caught. We have sorrow that we were found out. We, we have sorrow when it, it did not work out in our favor. But we... But God desires sorrow for a change of behavior. Because when we have sorrow, when we are caught or it did not work out in a favor, somebody found out, you, you're not going to change your behavior. You're just going to try to do it again and not get caught. But God desires for you not to do it again. And so therefore, you don't have to worry about getting caught. If we have this treasure within us of dying, then we are continuously dying to the world so we can live for Christ. I'm not talking to somebody here. So Paul is pointing out, look here, Corinth, he's writing this letter to them. See, see, see we, we are carrying a special treasure. And this treasure is special in the master's hand. This, this power we have does not come from us, but it comes from the exceeding, the great, the absorbent power of our God that is in us. The New Living Translation says that we have a, a special power or a light in our vessel. And what I'm trying to point out, that if Jesus is the light of the world, and if you have him in you, then that light should be shining. And on, on my desk, I, I have an old lantern that I, I, I was able to pick up from my sister's, a little red lantern. But I had that on my desk to remind me that I need to be the light of the world. And that lantern is not lit because it needs fire in it in order for it to have light. But it cannot burn on its own. It has to have oil in there so it has something to burn. Which reminds me that, Sam, you're nothing but an empty vessel. Unless you allow the power of God, his Holy Spirit, get within me so it can burn a fire that can shine bright in this world. Am I talking to somebody here? Now you realize that by yourself you have nothing to offer. But when you open up yourself to God to pour into you what he can pour into you, you realize that I can now stand in the darkness of this world and the devil has to flee. 
Paul is pointing out that daily my life is being handed over and delivered over for death. But yet he says, my life is being handed over. This is a personal testimony. He's letting them know my life is being handed over so that you might have life. Paul is pointing out here that my life is a living example of Jesus Christ. Jesus used that same word that he must be handed over or delivered to the Pharisees or to the scribes or to the, or to the men and to the hands of men so that he can deliver us. Jesus, too, said, I must handle myself over to death so that I can bring life. All I'm trying to drive home, that the treasure that we have in us is the death of Jesus. And if we have the death of Jesus, we also have the power of his resurrection in us. So, therefore, when we die to the world, we are alive in Christ. And that is the treasure. And so if that is the treasure, then why do we always look for something else? We look for money to gratify us. We look for job status to gratify us. We look for a new car to gratify us. We look for new movies, new electronics and gadgets. You know, I, I, I love electronics and gadgets, so every time I look at one, I think I want to get one. Because I just like them, because I think it's going to make me feel better. But you know, all it's going to do is just lessen your pocket. But yet, we, we want to satisfy ourselves because it makes us feel good. But Paul is pointing out, I'm not in the feel-good business. He says, in order for you to feel good, if I got to feel bad, so be it. Jesus says, I've come so that you might have life and have life more abundantly. But the only way we got life more abundantly was for him to die and to defeat death, to rise again on the third day, to see the right hand of the Father on our behalf. But in order for us to have that, Jesus had to go through that. What I'm trying to tell you again, in order for you to really enjoy the treasure, you first must die. I'm driving this home because before you can see how you can make it, you first got to have the treasure. So if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I don't know how you're going to make it. I'm just telling you like it is. I don't know how you're going to make it. If you lost in the middle of the forest and they tell you there's a lot of flares that they can find, but you have no light. They're not going to find you. You suck in a boat and they tell you to light a fire, to light a match, to lit up a flare and they'll find you. You have no light. You are lost out in the darkness and they say flash your lights and you and your lights just went out. You see how oftentimes when you need help, they're often looking for a light. But if you don't know the light because you don't have the light, you have nothing to shine with. Somebody gave you directions to the house, and they gave you direct directions how to get to their house, but you don't follow those directions. You might not make it. Jesus gave us direct directions. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the gate. <laughs> Whoever comes into my pasture, I let them have life and have it more abundant. He said, I am the resurrection. He made it clear, I am that treasure. But yet, look what he says, I knock at the door. Seeking who's going to let me, have you let him in? Because if you let him in, then I can tell you why you can make it. Second, I say to you, 
reason why we can make it? Because this treasure within us is able to withstand all the world that's around us. What I said about the diamond? The diamond is a result of being under pressure for a billion years. Or some say as long as the earth. Can I drop something home for you real quick? The diamond is a result of pressure. And it gets its great continence from being under pressure. It says that the only thing that can cut a diamond is a diamond. Y'all with me here? So it is basically only another like substance can cut it and shape it. So if you're in the image of your God, he can shape you and mold you into the perfect thing you want to be. You want to be princess cut? You want to be around? You want to be an oval? It's all right. God know how to shape you so you can glimmer and shine and you can tell about, look how the light hits me. Look how the light hits me. Don't I just shine? I can see you across the room. Because when you let your light shine, come on somebody, you're able to reflect the light that's coming on you. That's why we like a diamond because we like how it reflects the light. Are you reflecting the light? When you go under pressure, do you see we are crushed but not despair? Come on, somebody. You see, a diamond can be pressed and pressed and pressed, but it won't break. The reason why I can make it because it's not what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. And what's on the inside is the exceeding power of my God. So come on, world, hit me with your best shot, because your best shot's not good enough. Because my God has enabled me to withstand all your pressure. That's why we ought to get excited. I, I, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Come on, somebody. So you are afflicted, but you're not crushed. You're able to have enough in you to withstand the stress. The diamond has enough in it to withstand the stress. It says that you are perplexed, but not in despair. Basically says you are in a confused state, but you're not despair because you're a confused state. Has anybody been there before? You've been in a confused state before? See, see. The thing is this, though, how we can be in a confused state and not in despair is this, that though I do not know what's going to happen, though I do not know how this is going to work out, though I do not know how I'm going to pay my bills, though I don't know will I be successful in the surgery, though I don't know will I have me some retirement benefits, hello somebody, though I don't know will I have a job come tomorrow, though I don't know will I wake up tomorrow, though I don't know will my children come home safely, but I do know this, that there is a God who sits high but looks low. There is a God whose arms are not too short, but long enough to reach me. There is a God whose ears are not dull, but open every time I call on his name. There is a God whose face will shine upon me and say, I will bless you and I will keep you. There is a God who promised me I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Because it does not say even if you're persecuted, you won't be forsaken. Jesus said it this way, blessed are those who are persecuted. For righteousness sake, for greater is their reward in heaven. 
You understand here that the enemy will do all he can to knock you down, to beat you down, to distract you, to irritate you. But you can just think about an oyster. An oyster may get a, just a little speck of dirt, might sneak in inside of its soft tissue. And that soft tissue is so irritated, it fights against what infected it. And what comes out of it is a beautiful pearl that you want to buy. Oftentimes, we got to go through some irritation. Sometimes we got to go through some troubles in order to find the goodness that's in us. As I was researching on the pearl, the pearl is, is the same substance of the oyster shell. So it already had it in it. It just uses that what's in it to fight against what comes against it. What's the treasure that we have in us? We have the exceeding power of God. So when the world comes against us, all we got to use what's in us. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, just use what's in you. And so when you have God in you, whoo! You know that you can stand against the schemes of the enemy. You know that though I may be perplexed, I may be, I may be in, a, in a stressful situation, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know that God can work it out. You see, we, we have to learn oftentimes in our times of fragility that we need to realize that, guess what? I am not as strong as I think I am. And once we realize how weak we are, then we see how strong we can be. Because he says the strength is not of our own, but of God's. And that's when we realize that Jesus told us, do not be anxious or do not worry, because you cannot add an inch unto your life. You can't, you can't grow in stature. You can't do anything. He says the, the birds don't care. Uh, the birds don't reap nor sow. But they always got something to eat. Come on, somebody. And so he point out, he point out then, if, if God provides for the bears, what more will he do for it, uh, b- provide for the birds? What more will he do for his children? That's where you get the preface for that song, for his eye is on the sparrow. Because if he's watching after the bird, then I know he's watching me. Because let me drive it home, if you missed it, Jesus did not die for a bird. But he died for a wretch like you and me. And so if he's willing to die for me, then I know he's able to save me. He's able to redeem me. He's able to give me peace that transcends all understanding. I remind myself he will keep you in perfect peace. Those who keep his mind stayed on him. And remind me that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And so we see here that though I may be perplexed, though I may be persecuted, I'm able to make it. And then it says, we may be cast down, but not destroyed. Cast down, but not destroyed. Has anybody had a, a vase before, a flower vase? Have you, have you dropped it before? Did it destroy? Did it break up? So how is it that we of earthen vessels, so fragile, can be cast down... To cast down means to be thrown with a force, to be thrown down but not be destroyed. 
Uh, how is that? Why, why, why can I be thrown against the rocks? Why can storms rush against me? Why can I go through so many trials and tribulations, but yet I can still say I made? Because I found out that it had nothing to do with my strength. I found out it had nothing to do with my intelligence. I found out it had nothing to do with my last name or my title or where I live. But I found out that there had been something working on the inside that was able to sustain me against what was working against me on the outside. So, just like gold. Gold found by itself is just a rough substance. In order for gold to become what we want it to be, it has to go through many processes. They would first melt it. And in melting it, it helps remove some of the impurities. But that's not good enough. Because if they want pure gold, they've got to mix other chemicals within that. Such as carbon and zinc and other things. And these carbons and these zincs will work against or with the gold that it will draw away the impurities. And once it draws away the impurities, then it's able to be worked with as pure gold. Same thing in us, that sometimes we get cast down and go through some fiery situations. Just to work out the things that need to be removed from our lives. And sometimes the fire is just not good enough, so you got to throw some, some other chemicals. That will help draw out some more impurities out of you. Some of y'all said, what's going on? Well, some of you might have lost a job, but that wasn't good enough. You lost your job, and next thing you know, you became sick. You became ill, or there's a death in your family, or, or your house might have caught on fire. Your house might have broken into. A lot of things happen in our lives to help remind us that it's not about you. Tell your, tell your neighbor in case they forgot about it. It's not about you. And, and then help yourself. Say, it's not about me. You see, you see, we need to realize that God is working in us to get what he put in us to come out of us. And sometimes he has to work against you. See, the, the enemy that we have is not always out there, but the enemy's in me. The enemy is in a me. And that's why God got to burn some stuff up to give me how he wants to give me. Genesis 1, 26 said, God made man in his own image. Well, then if God knows what he looks like, come on, somebody. Then he knows how to make you look like him. And so we see, because of this, we're able to withstand always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. I want you to grab here that until we allow the death and the power of the resurrection to be evident in our lives, then how can we show somebody the power of Jesus? Uh, until we show somebody else that we are dead to the world, but alive in Christ, how can we tell them that our Savior lives? Until they see us have a transformed mind and a renewed heart. How can we tell them how he would transform your mind and renew your heart? Until we show them how we learn not to depend on our paycheck anymore, but to, but to depend only on the Lord Jesus Christ. How would they believe you? 
Paul is pointing out that because of what we've gone through, you've seen this in our life as an example, then you now know this is why we do so. And we realize that the power that we have is not, is not our own power, but the power of God. So why can we make it? Well, just like gold, we got to go through the fire. Like a pearl, we got to go through some irritation. And just like, just like a diamond, we got to go through some stress and some pressures in our life just to come out the way we want to be like. I want to tell you that you got to go through something. But don't give up. Don't give out. Because while you're in the fire, guess what? If God puts you in, he'll take you out. First Corinthians tells us again, which says that though, though tribulation may be on our side, God provides a way out. You need some decision? Come here, Joseph. Come here, Joseph. Jo- Joseph was in Potiphar's house. He was being set up by his wife. She said, mm, 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 you so enough look good. Joseph's antenna was up. I'm in here by myself. I'm not supposed to be in no man's house with another man's wife by myself. I'm looking for every exit I can get up out of here. And he got close enough that she was in, he, she had his clutches on him. My Bible tells me that he left his clothes in her hand. He said, nothing's going to stop me from getting up out of this situation. Come on, somebody. And so he left there naked. Can I, can I drop this in you real quick? Who can separate me from the love of the Lord? Not nakedness. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so he left out there naked, knowing that he wasn't going to be separated from his God. Because he found even more favor while he was in the prison. Come on, somebody. He came out better than he went in. Come on, somebody. Look again, look again. Come on, come on. We don't have to go too far in the Bible. Come here, Daniel. They took him from his place because they saw him young and of wisdom and insight and, 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 and smarter than all the other young men. And they took him and they took him to be with the king. The king says, here, you need to eat our food. Daniel says, nope, this stuff is unclean. I fear my God more than I fear that king that got me in these chains away from my people. But I'm in a strange land, but I know a living God. Come on, somebody. And so no matter what you try to put against me, I know something will work on the inside that's better on the outside. The Bible says they ate what they ate, and they were stronger and healthier than those that were eating all the king's good food. What's that trying to say? Everything that glitters is not gold. Everything the earth has for you is not good. But what God has for you is so able to sustain you and able to keep you. And what happened? They were elevated. Come on, somebody. But once you get elevated, somebody want to knock you down. Daniel got up so high. They try to find a way to get him. But catch this, catch this. They said we can't find nothing against him unless we make him do something against his God. But they knew they could not get that. So they said, well, we got to stop him from serving his God. Hello, somebody. So we're going to make a law that Daniel can't pray. If they made a law today, some of us would give up prayer already. Mm. You say, I'm going to keep my job. I'll talk to God after 9 to 5. Come on, somebody. No, you need him while you're in your 9 to 5, but you're going to say, I'm going to talk to God afterwards. But not Daniel. It said his windows were open. He said, I want y'all to see me because I know who can take care of me. 
They set him up. Say, King, did you not make a decree that nobody could pray? Oh, he's been under pressure. Daniel's being irritated. But get, look at the treasure by. He's about to come out. The king says, yes, I did bring Daniel by. Daniel, have you done so? Yes, king. Why, Daniel? Hey, I got to serve my God. Well, I got to put you in the lion's den. But watch this. The king who knew no God said, I will fast and pray that your God might deliver you. Something's telling me here that Daniel in his fragile state was able to shine so bright that the king realized there's something special in you. And something special in you is able to keep you. And I believe it's able to keep you. So while you're down there in the lion's den, I'm going to pray that that keeping God will keep you. And what happened early that morning that that king came running out? Daniel, are you okay? Daniel yelled out, I'm well, king. It's good, king. And he got excited. I want you to understand, no matter what you're going through, people may see the goodness that's in you and then be crying out your name. And you can tell them, it is well, it is well with my soul. Why is it well with your soul? Because my soul has been anchored in the Lord. But aren't the storms raging? But my God can say, peace, be still. But don't you trouble, don't you worry sometimes. He will keep me in perfect peace. Aren't you tired of people talking about you? Aren't you tired of people persecuting? He'll never leave me, nor forsake me. Aren't you tired how they talk about you? Your family's falling apart, but you can say with my Lord with me, who can stand against me? Can you make it? Can you make it? Can you make it? We can make it! We can make it! Because our God is unstoppable. Our God is a conqueror. Our God has given us the power we need. So I I, I dare you, I dare you to go home and clean up your house. I dare you to go to your job and clean up your desk and let everybody know that I'm changing my life because I found out there's something greater in me than what I thought I had in my job. Or at my house. There's something greater in me than what you're trying to offer me. There's something greater in me that's been delivered and offered billion years ago. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. God already knew how he's going to take care of you. So all you got to do is stop worrying about it. The reason why we can make it is because God has given us. The power in us. So what's on the inside is greater than what's on the outside. So you can be like that little kid's toys. They don't pretty much make them anymore. Those little kid toys, those bouncing toys, you can punch them right. And they fall down and they come back up. Reason why, reason why you can be like that toy, no matter how much you get hit or how much you get knocked down, you still come back up. You can let them know. You can let them know. You can let them know. I'm carrying the death of Jesus in me. Guess what? You can have my funeral. (laughs) You can have my eulogy. You can tell everything you want about me. But guess what? I'm coming back up. 
Because if he's a resurrection, you can try to kill me, but you can't defeat me. Because I've already overcome death through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you can't kill my career. You can't kill my marriage. You can't kill my job. Because my God, my God will provide for all my needs. So it may not look like what you want. But I'm so glad you're not my God because I don't want what you want. And I don't want what you like. But I want what's good and what's perfect. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. So why can't you make it? Because you got a good and a perfect treasure in you. Is it in you? Say, it's in me. It's in me. And go ahead, tell your neighbor with a smile and say, this is why I can make it. Amen, amen. May we stand, may we stand, may we stand, may we stand. Is there someone here today that you found out how you can make it? Well, we want to invite you to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We we welcome you here in this place. Just someone here today. Just someone here today who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We welcome you here in this place. There's someone here today.